0: Hey guys, it's Gabe. No, the show's not started yet. This is a little intro we wanted to do before the show. You listen to podcasts, I'm guessing you hear the podcast talk about sponsors. This is normally where we would do that. We don't have any sponsors right now at this moment, but I did want to ask you guys to do two small favors for me. So if you're in a place where you can take out your phone and I've got two small little requests. First of all, if you'll pull up Instagram and follow our Instagram page at Wood high school Uh, we've been posting some little sports stuff, some culture things, some politics things. Chris has been all over in that. And that's something we'd love to grow in a different outlet uh, for us to share some of the individual thoughts and things that we have going on, um, especially around just like immediate type stuff. So if you do that, really would appreciate it. There's a limited audience there and trying to move some of the people over to it. Yeah, you, you understand. Second of all, Invite two, maybe three people to listen to the show. We've been so blown away by the feedback. I literally have had random people who I haven't talked to in a long time kind of randomly say they love the show. Um, The people who review it on iTunes and Google Play, I see you, appreciate you, tip your cap or tip my cap to you. So. If you could spread the word, text a few people that, you know, that like sports, that like Louisville, uh, that would be interested in this sort of podcast. Really appreciate it. Just, you know, invite them. I think even Apple Podcasts lets you share immediately to iMessage. If you want to do that, uh, just say, hey, this I'm listening to this podcast. It's you know, a friend of ours or maybe you randomly got a hold of us and you're interested in sharing it with other people. Do that. It's two to three people we'd really appreciate it If everyone shares it to two Or three people and maybe one of those people Subscribes then we grow the audience By you know by twofold So that'd be really appreciated Alright guys here's the show really Appreciate it love hearing from you uh, Take care He's
1: the one guy That can match the Michigan three point shooters Luke Hancock, And he's done it to the team, of to get his team on the lead. And up ahead, to
0: oh! and the, from down to take the Hello, and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Gabe, I am glad to have you back. Um, It's good to be back, yes. We took a small hiatus last week. Um, I went out of town for a bachelor party, and uh, we we weren't able to get the pod in before then. Uh, Shouts to the family. I know they're listening. (laughs) We had a good weekend in South Florida, uh, but I'm ready to talk uh, some Louisville sports yet again. I'm so
1: sad that you missed the ultimate weather controversy that happened and we just (laughs) now, can I address it i know that i you know i kind of tagged you in um on a few things over the weekend
0: U-D-M-T- i was D-M-T i was D-M-T- losing my
1: mind and you were incognito and i just needed someone to speak about it and it, it just saddens me you weren't here but i let you down i'm sorry mark weinberg <laughs> is my guy man um he's just my guy so i i've got to go on this real quick i go just ahead. got to no, talk, please talk do. about it a little bit because so we had the big snow over the weekend, right? Yeah. The, the official total that fell was 2.2 inches at uh, the now newly named Muhammad Ali International Airport. It was 2.2 inches. Um, okay. Mark Weinberg goes on the night before the snow and he predicts one to three inches snow range that same day. A twelve thirty PM blog comes out, and it is not him writing it. It is his coworker, but they have bumped him up to a three to six. They bumped Louisville up to a three to six no range. Him, along with every weatherman in Louisville, predicting three to six range. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Later that night. He tweets back to someone and says, "That's why I had us in the one to three range because at that point he kind of knew the snow that was going to fall on the ground." So I just I don't know what we do with that. I was trying to figure out how we can rank fantasy. You know, I kind of want to give Weinberg a point for that because he technically predicted the right forecast, but his of colleague. Course. I, I don't know,
0: man. I, I love. He was messing pivot. up the money. The colleague was messing up the money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like.
1: I, I love the pivot by him to just stay strong in it. But yeah, it's it's a controversy, and I'm still kind of it within my hands. And I just had to get out there from the from the on start here. So.
0: No, it's it's uh, that's a question. Uh, you you send me you send me the tweets and I was like, man, I didn't know if it was like I see you're saying now it was he had put it out before and then it was changed later. I thought it was a Chad Ford situation <laughs> that, that we were getting some <laughs> some revisionist history. It's like, no, wait, wait, we had it at one to three p.m. No, <laughs> <It's>, no.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, the that the 10 o'clock newscast the night before, he, he says that. The one to three range, and that day, about two hours before the snows on the ground, his his colleague goes on and bumps up to three to six. So you know, I I think he could be right if he wanted to. I think he could be right if it was more than three inches. I, I yeah. think it's it's a great move by him. Really, oh, he's, he's safe either way. So yeah, just wanted to get that off my chest. I, no, I think that's that, the most important, important thing we could possibly talk about. So
0: yeah and i look forward to more you know we will talk many more times about the state of <laughs> state of meteorology in this fair city and the things that continue to happen we need we do need a firm like firmly finalize, like some fantasy league for sure we, we'll, we need some kind of ranking for some sure, accu yeah. ranking some accu yeah. score like system that's based on total bs but i'm sure we'll, we'll get to that Plenty of times, I'm sure, as the winter continues. Uh, but, Chris, the basketball season, we're in the throes of it. It is almost the end of January. And since we last talked, uh, the good times have kept on rolling for the Louisville men's basketball team. Uh, the latest report, uh, the NCAA's net ranking that's replaced the RPI, Louisville's ranked 11th in that ranking. The, the boys were also ranked 23rd in the AP poll this week the first time in like 400 days Louisville basketball has been ranked and they're eighth, 18th in the Ken Palm efficiency rankings uh, This the team is 4-1 and one, tied for the top of the ACC and there's no I mean we'll talk a little bit about this NC State game um, but assuming they win that one there's no reason why they shouldn't be 7-1 and one to finish January going into that gauntlet so Chris you know what's your general thoughts about this team where they're at right now i mean did you expect this i i I mean i looking at the schedule obviously all that everyone was thinking about was february but i don't know if i quite expected especially i mean we've talked a lot about we talked a lot about north carolina but i didn't quite expect this kind of level of efficiency and just kind of taking care of business uh that that we're seeing from this team at this point
1: You know, the, the kind of wildest thing is that we're pretty close from them to just having two losses. Right. Uh, the, the Kentucky game was pretty deafening. And then the Tennessee game was pretty deafening, but I I really don't know how Kim Paul Kim Palm comes up with the, the luck term. But if, if you look at Louisville, there are about 75 teams in college basketball that they are more lucky than. So <laughs> they haven't, they haven't had a lot of fate on their side at times, whether it was the, you know, the Marquette three, that was not a three, whether it was some, you know, weird plays on the church against Pittsburgh, a few things here and there, but yeah, did I expect this I, I didn't expect it to be this good. I didn't expect Louisville's offense to be this good. They're a rolling offensively. I think that's the biggest thing that has kind of been the shock to me. The defenses came and went and the offense has had a few, you know, a few struggles here and there, but you look at it there. Kim Palm has them ranked as the 13th offense in college basketball. And I, I just didn't see that. I think, yeah, They, you know, they beat NC state, they beat North Carolina here coming up and you're looking at this team, possibly knocking on the door of top 15, top 10 and, you know, knocking on the door of the double in the ACC tournament.
0: What, what else can you say? That's remarkable. Absolutely. And of course, the the tough time is yet to come. And I think there'll definitely be some situations where this team is knocked down around, you know, playing Duke, playing Virginia. They're going to they're going to they're gonna have their fair share of struggles. I just think after we saw uh, the tough stretch, you know, the the team losing to to Indiana, the struggles against Lipscomb, Kent State, Robert Morris, of course, losing, losing to Kentucky. I just didn't expect them to take care of business like they have against teams like Boston College, Georgia Tech, Miami. You know, they struggled against Pittsburgh. It seems like that's you know uh, that 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 is getting a lesser and le- becoming a, a wor- less bad loss every day. Yeah, right? Um, you know, they they of course they didn't do so well against Duke, but nonetheless, my, you know, the point stands. That's not quite as bad a loss, and we'll talk about what the worst loss we think on the resume is at this point. But nonetheless, I just didn't expect the effectiveness and efficiency uh, of this team. And just the I didn't expect Christian Cunningham to be this this great. Yeah, I didn't. I you know I expected a great Jordan Warrior. I'll be quite honest with you, I didn't expect Christian Cunningham to be this great. I didn't expect Dwayne Sutton to become such a huge part of this team. I didn't expect the Malik Williams we're getting, and even the Stephen Enoch we're getting. I did not expect. It's um we're, we're it, go ahead.
1: I mean, if you were going to look at it at the beginning of the season and you're going to say that both Darius Perry and BJ King are averaging single digit points and they're setting in January with this resume, nobody would have believed it. You would have figured at this point that one of those guys would have made some, you know, big jump that would have had them exceeding expectations. And that yeah. I think that's the most exciting thing for me is there is still room for this team. grow. Exactly. And, and, and exactly. we'll, ta- we'll talk a little bit about that for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean... I think the North Carolina game was obviously one of the big wall moments for me, right. that kind of nail put the nail in the final coffin of selling me on Chris Mack, because it was one of those pl- places where that team could have, you know, uh, it could have kind of bagged it in. Yeah. They could have, they, they came off a really tough loss. They could have went into Chapel Hill thinking they had no shot and just not played very well, lost by 20 points. And that didn't happen. And that told me a lot. Oh, We talked, what, two to three weeks ago about toughness. Chris Mack preaches it. Go show it. And they have. They have no question. They've done just
0: that. I mean, I'm not sure if this is still the case. I I know it was the true, I believe, on Friday. Louisville was one of two teams that has two top 15 wins. Uh, Louisville and... um, Louisville and Kansas. Okay. I believe are the two teams that have two top 15 wins in the, any, the net rankings. I mean, even if you're just going off of Ken Palm, I mean, let's, let's be realistic about the rest of the season. You know, Ken Palm has this team losing six more times. They have them losing at Virginia tech at Florida state at home against Duke at Syracuse at Virginia, and home for Virginia, so six I more think, times.
1: I think they win one of those Virginia. I think Tech they or win Florida, one of them, Florida State, right? Virginia yeah. Tech, or Florida State. I think they take care of one of
0: those. I think they win one of those, and the, even but even if we're even if we're conservative and we say that they lose those games, that's an eleven and seven season in the ACC, and my God, you take that running away if you get offered that at the beginning of the season that is not what i expected i expected eight maybe nine wins and an 11 and 7 perhaps a 12 and 6 season that's Remarkable, and I, I we're starting to hear the whispers about Chris Mack being national coach of the year. But if this man wins eleven games in the ACC this season, twelve games this, this season, he is going to be lauded. And and uh, like 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 you said, there is no question to me at this point that he was the right man for the for the job. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I think as far as
1: like a coach of the year um, type real discussion, I think it would take Louisville to finish in the top three or four of the ACC. Right. And I don't think that's absurd to think it's certainly a tall. It's task possible, given their schedule. It's, in it's, yeah. I think the ACC coach of the year, maybe more, you know, more realistic. It'll probably come down to him and Jeff Capel and Tony Bennett just because they want to throw him in because they love him and his right. beautiful face and um, everything else. But, um, you know, it's weird to go into a game against NC State, a ranked team, and think that Louisville not only is going to win, but think they should win. Because it, it, it's it's just a far cry from
0: yeah. where we were just a month ago. No, you're absolutely right. And let's, you know, let's talk a little bit about that NC State battle. NC State is ranked, what, I think they're 21st, if I'm correct. Um, it all blends in. It all blends in. Um yeah, NC State is missing Markel Johnson. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he ends up playing. Um, Kevin Keats, the coach for NC State, said he could. Um, he could play on Thursday or he could play three weeks from Thursday which is very patino esque of him (laughs) If you ask me that's a Um, very good point so let's be clear the man is playing on (laughs) Thursday tomorrow I am just full not only is he playing he will play 40 minutes (laughs) he'll play 40 minutes and he'll drop 35 points yeah can't wait for it Uh, do do you sense any kind of bad blood do you think you think Keats holds any kind of grudge against Louisville they did win last season against um, I Against Paget's cards, um, but I'm, I, that's one thing I kind of thought about when when he was yeah. talking about Marquel.
1: You, you put that up there in our little, you know, pre-show notes, and that's something I never, you know, considered. But now that I think about it, I wonder with him kind of being so close to Ribetino if he kind of has a animosity for you know how the university handles this situation. I, I think that's a really interesting case because a lot of. A lot of Ray Patino's former coaches, whether it's you know Billy Donovan or hey, take your pick, they all to this day speak pretty highly of him and it. appear to have a good relation with him. So, I mean, I I think that's something, you know, that could be an underlying, you know, kind of story in this game. Um, is, is it really, you know, Kevin Keats is looks at this game and he's like, yeah, I want to beat those dudes.
0: Yeah. And I do, I I'm looking back at last year's game. I think we only lost by seven points, but, um, they made up a lot of, they made up some ground in those last 10 minutes, it seemed like it never really wasn't playing the second half for him um so i don't know it's just that that's something that kind of struck me when he was having some games uh, with michael johnson
1: yeah what's funny about you know nc state is they kind of have this this weird complex being in north carolina because duke (laughs) you you know duke in north carolina kind of looked down on them right and i remember i remember when kevin keats got hired there was a journalist that had some prior relationship with kevin keats and he basically just wrote a call that day and he was like... Kevin Keats has a chip on his shoulder. He's perfect for North Carolina state for that exact reason. And it yeah. kind of makes sense. They're always one of those guys who they look at everyone else and they're like, these guys don't respect us. This. this team we're playing doesn't respect us." So, uh, you know, I think that's interesting with, with Keats. He's obviously done a great job there. Um, you, yeah. you know, you talk, you talk about ACC coach of the year. He, he'll probably end up being considered once again. Um,
0: he was last year. So, uh, yeah, no, you um, kind of, I think you almost undersold the, <laughs> the underdogness. I I've never seen a fan base that it takes everything as a slight like you and, <laughs> yeah. or like NC State does. Yeah. Like they just have a complex, and in some ways, I think it's fair. You can and understand I, why. I can understand why, but everything is a slight everything is about favoritism of the two blue schools there. And it's hilarious to watch. They're one of my favorite Twitter fan bases. They're one of my favorite fan bases on the Internet. If anything weird happens with NT State, I'm always on PackPride.com. It's a great (laughs) website. I highly recommend it. Uh, I, I just i just picture
1: time. their their fan base being full of a bunch of kevin willards and they yes. any little thing goes wrong and they just want to throw a tantrum about it because oh he he had a he had a rant over the weekend uh, i don't even know what it was about and i just looked at the calendar and i'm like yeah it's mid-january it was about <laughs> time for one of these so
0: <laughs> you're exactly right a bunch of kevin willards that's pretty hilarious no just yeah taking a look at this game i, I it would be interesting to see, you know, Louisville, you know, are we going to get the Louisville that came out strong against Boston college and North Carolina, Georgia tech, you know, you, of course, you'd love to see that. And it seems like they're really dialing that in. Um, you had down here, Chris, that NC state really, really top team at, at turnovers top 15, um, 18 against Pitt, 14 against UNC. Um, they, they're turning the ball over a lot. And that's, that's obviously, that's obviously going to be a problem for Louisville.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're forcing turnovers a lot. Uh, Louisville had 18 against Pitt. They had 14 against North Carolina. And what this, with this Louisville team, what I've kind of noticed is that they've been, they've done a really good job of kind of addressing something and then fixing it the, the next game. You had the Pittsburgh game, obviously, where Chris Mack just, That press conference after was really ugly. He he talked pretty bad about Louisville's defense that game and for good reason. And then they come out and they kind of dominate North Carolina on that end. Um, I think it was before Michigan State where he talked about the rebounding margin against Marquette and then they come out against a really good rebounding team in Michigan State and they've been able to fix that. The turnover thing is just something for whatever reason they haven't really been able to figure out exactly. Um, And like I said, you know, they've had uh, four games in a row with double digit turnovers and that's not necessarily always the worst thing in the world 11 11 turnovers isn't going to lose you a game but you started getting up to numbers like 18 against pittsburgh and yet you see yourself going to face a team that's they rank 21st in the nation at forcing turnovers that's something to give you a little pause for sure
0: no question. And I think we'll be in this, you know, in this type of matchup, uh, CC will be really important. Christian Cunningham, um, really taking care of the ball. He has struggled with that at times. Um, we'll see, you know, it's, it's as you mentioned, yeah, I mean, as you is turning the ball, turning yeah. their opponents over 23.6 times or 23.6% of the time. Uh, that's, that's pretty tremendous. That's, Thirteenth and Ken Palm, and that's that's been a problem for Louisville. And and when things go bad for Louisville on that front, that's something you can turn to immediately. So that's definitely uh, you know that's definitely going to be a key.
1: To be quite frank, I mean, this is a game. I think we both expect Louisville to win. This is actually a game I think Louisville wins, you know, by double digits. But (laughs) I, I do think that is one thing you have to look at that can. I don't think this will be a game for Ryan McMahon. Um, it's just another no, one yeah. of those games where he's overmatched by a guard that's bigger than him and he, he's he's found a little ways to get around that this year but I think it'll be once again you're going to rely on the usual suspects Jordan Awara and we're going to talk about him in just a little bit you're, you're going to rely on Dwayne Sutton and you know one of the bigs that's been a good recipe here yeah. for Louisville um,
0: it's going to be about getting to the line yeah, that's, but, the, that's, the, that's definitely a big part of it
1: Yeah. Before we move on to just talk a little bit about Jordan O'Warren, I do want to talk a little bit about Darius Perry and kind of like, I I think we've talked so much about, you know, if this team is a second weekend team, it'll be because Darius Perry emerges, this team reaches their full potential. It'll be Darius Perry's. And I've actually kind of came around to that. I think this team can reach their ceiling with, Kawan for playing the bulk of the minutes in that position and the reason why I think that is because when you look at this team I don't think they need any much more offense Right. Yeah. I, I think who, who expected them to have a defensive stopper at the beginning of the season I don't think you looked at this roster and maybe you thought B.J. King could make some kind of jump there and be a a defensive guy. You knew who Jordan O'Reilly was. You you pretty much knew who the team is. And Kawan Four kind of gives that added dimension. And I don't know. We don't have to spend too much time on it. I just I think it's a little weird nuance that has kind of popped up his head over the last few games because he's been able to to add like, you know, four to six points a game. And I I just kind of wonder if he can do that and he can be a guy, you know, this week, tomorrow, if he can lock down Markel Johnson, if he can be a guy that you can say – You're going to guard this guy and you're going to shut him down. That might be a more, uh, you know, a valuable outlet than Darius Perry coming out and being able to score 10 points.
0: No, absolutely. And just looking at the last three games. He's, he's, you know, he's played 24 minutes against Georgia tech, 27 minutes against Boston college and 19 minutes against North Carolina. And if he can play, if he can play 20 ish minutes, you can guarantee that he's going to give you one or two assists. You can guarantee he's only going to turn the ball maybe twice. You can guarantee he's going to get you a steal, maybe an unforced unforced error on his opponent or two. Um, That's that's more than what we've been seeing from Darius Perry. And sadly, and, and, you know, a guy we both love, a guy we both really want to see succeed and a guy who I, I, i'm I'm getting to be concerned is is just doesn't fit the system anymore. At I don't think point, it's necessarily his fault. I just i I think he's the guy who's getting left behind in all of this. Um, and and that just happens sometime,
1: yeah. I mean, at some point in probably two weeks, three week window. Chris Mack's going to have to make a decision Yeah. and it's going to, it's going to go to that two spot. Is it going to be, are you going to start Kwan four and bring rhyme and man off the bench? And you know, Darius Perry is going to pick up whatever garbage left, or is it going to be Darius Perry rhyme and man, then Kwan four, but it, it's, it can't be all three of those things. It's got to be two of those guys. And I hate to say it, but I, I'm right there with you. I, I think at this, this very point, you're looking at a situation where it's Kwan Four and rhyme man off the bench. When you need that spark. Um, there was, there was a number that I did want to point out and let's see if I can get it real quick. Um, you're fine. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's Kowan Four his, His defensive box plus minutes is three and a half. And that's the third best on the team right behind Dwayne, Dwayne Sutton and Jordan. So on that, you know, on that end, on that defensive end, he has been affecting the game almost as much as Louisville's two best players. And that's really something you can't say for Darius Perry. He's, he had that big three against North Carolina. And it's kind of the biggest moment that comes to mind over the last few games for him. And then when you put him on the floor, he's been kind of pretty turnover prone.
0: So, you know, I mean, it, just a thought. Um, no and I think I I think you're exactly right I think this this is going to be an interesting stretch especially as we get into these February games where Chris Mack is going to have to make a decision and I completely agree with you there and I want to be clear I also think that he's going to have to make you know I think he's going to have to bring Ryan McMahon into that decision Um, Ryan McMahon I don't think uh, of late has been playing very well just uh, even while you were talking I was pulling up his three point statistics I mean the last three games he's two of seven from three so shooting 20 you know 28% 28% which is so low from him right. You add in that Pittsburgh game And it goes up to 33% But he just didn't seem effective there either And I don't know if he just Hit this little shooting slump He was shooting so well the first half of the year um, But the, I, Go ahead uh, I,
1: I just think the difference is for Ryan and Man when you look at him versus Darius Perry, is you know Ryan and Man can pop for twenty points. Right. At any given time he hits, you know he hits that first shot and hits a few. And yeah, he has been struggling, but I, I do think that's something that gives him the upper upper edge. And I, I think that's that's gonna be the most interesting storyline going forward because if you want to look at the best opportunity that Lowell has for growth, it is at that two spot and then it's always going to be at the defensive end. They're
0: always going to be able to get better, but they've, they've kind of about hit their ceiling. I think offensively, I think you're, I think you're right. I think you're right. And, and, uh, you know, moving, moving right along. I think the reason for that is been our good friend, Jordan Mora, who, uh, Has been simply fantastic simply amazing. I want to go through some of these statistics. He's he's averaging 18.5 points per game 8.1 rebounds per game one and a half assists per game. He's shooting 59.6% from the field. So he's ranking fifth in the ACC in points Sixth in rebounds, third in effective field goal percentage, fourth in true shooting percentage, just everywhere, 10th in defensive rebound percentage, and sixth in three point percentage. He's fifth in the ACC player of the year, Ken Palm ranking that, that he runs. He's an all ACC player right now, Chris. It's, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty fantastic. And we just wanted to highlight just how insane he's playing right now. He's just on another level, the guy.
1: Yeah, and kinda of my mind is like Jordan Award has always been a good scorer. He's amped that up to a whole new level this year, um, especially over the last few games. And we talked about it before the before you know, before the podcast, the rebounding thing for me has been something that stuck out because he is probably the best rebounder on this team. And that's
0: insanely,
1: yeah. Just an insane phrase to say. There's not really any way to
0: put it. Um Yeah, he's I mean, he's the to to be the 10th rebounder in the ACC, 69th nice in the country, the best offensive rebounder in the country. He that for a three, that's just insanity. Yeah, I mean, bonkers
1: because you can talk about like, obviously, when you look at ACC player of the year, it's going to be Zion, RJ Barrett and maybe. Someone for Virginia and throw a dart. But if you want to talk about most valuable to a team, I I don't think you can really make any other argument other than Jordan Award. No, you're absolutely right. Maybe Zion, but Duke's still a top 10 team without Zion. Yeah, I was going to say, you take you
0: you take Zion out, you take RJ Barrett out, you, you know, they're they're. They're great still. They're not like the top three, but they're still great. Yeah. And Jordan Orr has just been so immensely valuable. This is the guy we wanted to see, and we're seeing him. And I'm I'm almost, you know, we were before the show, we were just having trouble thinking about, you know, when was the last time that we saw a Louisville player really hit these cylinders this way that was so effective offensively, was such a force on the boards. And now he's starting to play some of the defense that that was holding his game back to be quite honest you know he's he's picked up a few, he's started to steal the ball a little more um, been great on the defensive rebounding as we've mentioned um, I mean he had what nine defensive rebounds alone against Boston College mm-hmm. and just just banana stuff on that end and you know, what's, I think we decided the last time we saw someone like this effective Chinano Onowaku had a really good had that really good 2015 season um, where, where the Damian Lee Trey Lewis season where um, Oniwaku was the like top two top three and field goals in every different category and statistic just because he was just getting the ball fed to him. pretty himself.
1: much every pretty much pick a category. This is he, was category he, was just, he was finishing on the team. He was just, yeah, either one a clinical finisher,
0: a clinical yeah. finisher. And, um, and then of course a force on the boards. And I mean, that's a five. So just to have a guy like this, be your number, your best rebounder and be your best scorer. Like not just your best scorer, but just far and away the best shooter and scorer on the team. It's it's something I don't recall seeing in this way um, in a long time.
1: Yeah, and I mean you kind of talk about those teams and you. <laughs> especially the Damian Lee and Trey Lewis and how they were kind of the forefront of those teams. Both of those guys actually had a higher usage rate than Jordan of has right now, which so to think about that, that he's able to do this. And I mean, his usage rates high, it's 27, but those guys had 28, 29 usage rate. And he's just, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's tough to put into words um, because, we see it pretty often, but I don't think we, we really feel that he still gets respect. He really deserves nationally.
0: No, absolutely. And I mean, he's, he's not, not only creating his own shots, he's, You know, taking catch and shoot threes, shooting them at a a great clip, Um, you know, six in the ACC and three point shooting is crazy um, for a guy that, you know, he was considered a sharpshooter, but also 15th and two point uh, percentage. And then he's he's getting to the line. He's getting, you know. He's getting to the line five times a game you know, on average, yeah. which is also bananas. And it's oh gosh, I I, I, I want to make sure that little fans understand what we're seeing from this kid. And it's just crazy also to think. I mean, I'm starting to see some of the rumblings about the draft with him. He was just featured in a 2020 draft um, from ESPN. Uh, Jeff Greer tweeted it out. I think he was 36th, which is crazy because I, I don't know. I guess he's still he's still undersized for an NBA three. People are always going to say, um, but I I don't know. I just I, the kid continues this throughout February and into March. He's going to he's going to get a lot of a lot of talk and a lot of buzz. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it. It's tough to play the game
1: of, you know, the college guys to the NBA, but I, I think Jordan War is an extremely interesting like prospect just because he's able to score from just about anywhere on the floor. But not only that, he's a guy that, you know, in the NBA is probably going to be able to give you three or four rebounds if he's playing a full game. So he can, you know, he can st- he can put a lot of stats in different categories and a guy like that's going to find a place on the NBA roster. I'm interested to see if he can be a guy that can kind of be, you know, a number two guy or number one guy on the NBA roster. And that remains to be seen, but it, it, it's going to be really fun watching him go to this stretch, especially in February when, you know, he's on that national platform a little bit more. They're going to have ESPN games against Duke, North Carolina, Virginia. So it, I think the Jordan of war hype train has every opportunity to yeah. gain even more momentum, especially yeah. in February. And, uh, you know, Takes a few national games and him having, you know, a couple of 20 point performances and it's a whole new story once again. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's something I really want to watch is uh, to see how much of a headline, you know, I want to see this guy. He becomes in the ACC
0: yeah he's definitely been a story and and i I hope I hope that the ACC media is is taking notice because I think at this point, just based on what I've seen, you know you're gonna get probably gonna get two Duke guys on this all ACC team. you'll probably get one guy from Virginia. Um, Hopefully not two guys from Virginia. I don't know. I, th- I think Ty Jerome's definitely made it, or DeAndre Hunter. Um, as long as it's I, not
1: Cal guy, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm good. I hate that dude's face. I, I'll have to fight an ACC member like our like our boy Gorgie wanted to fight Devin Booker last night. <laughs> I don't know how we didn't mention that. but well,
0: yeah, let's, We, did it. we let's, didn't. Even
1: let's, let's be completely clear that if Devin Booker and Gorgie Jing walk into a dark alley... We know which one's coming out. It's not <laughs> Devin Booker.
0: Listen, only one of these guys lived amongst lions. And <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> is,
1: is, there, is there any Lowell former athlete? Maybe Teddy Bridgewater. That might be it. But is there any former athlete that Lola fans would be willing to go to battle for more than Gorgi?
0: No, I don't. I, think, I mean, I my think goodness. He's, he's top three. I would say the only, I don't know. I mean, Lamar, maybe Teddy uh, number one. Ted, uh, Teddy is
1: number one. I think it's Teddy and Gorgy, and then maybe Lamar
0: and then maybe Russ Smith.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you want to talk about beloved players, I think Teddy's number one. It's yeah. pre- pretty, pretty, pretty uh, clear on that one. But I think Gorgie is right there.
0: No, you're absolutely right. No, I, I don't know what Devin Booker was thinking. You know, Gorgie just wanted he just wanted to switch jerseys is what he told the press. I, I thought that was hilarious, man. It just I was texting some Cats fans and they were like, oh, yeah, but Gorgie sucks. And I'm like, dude, who cares? <laughs> I don't want to see them catch do, these
1: hands, dog. Catch do we these know hands. what? Do we know what initiated that? Because I never found out. I was, it was too uh, kind of overwhelmed by the whole situation to be honest.
0: Apparently, Booker Booker thought that Gorgy like purposely hit him with his bows, like he threw a bow. <laughs> but it was kind of yeah. just one of those, like, oh, just I'm moving the ball away from you, and he did it probably a little too quick, and it freaked. Him, and Booker kind of it knocked Booker over, and that just was immediate ejection. Yeah, um, but did you also see the the one thing that I've seen a little bit? I haven't seen a whole lot of people talking about. Was they talk They asked Carl Anthony Towns about it. Who, of course, played with Devin Booker. I was like, hey, like, uh, what did you, you know, what, who you got in this? And he's like, I loved Book. I love Book. He's my dude. But I got Gorgie, and it's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was pretty great.
1: Are Kentucky players, bad fighters. My column. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 10,000 is working on that one right now. So let's Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. There'll be a bunch but, of uh, euthanisms from the 1800s. <laughs> I
0: can't wait. Oh, man. But uh, speaking of non louisville stuff, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about, about Archie Miller. I know, Chris, this is a passion of yours. Um, IU has lost five straight. Archie Miller is bad. I'm going to let you have the floor. My God, dude. I mean...
1: <laughs> I hate I've talked about how I do not like any Anna well, but Archie Miller I'm really indifferent towards. But they have lost five straight they lost to Northwestern last night and they were down by 15 in 10 minutes in the second half. And they were just lifeless against this Northwestern basketball team.
0: Northwestern basketball team. It's not
1: great. No, this is is a rebuilding year for Northwestern basketball team that just made the tournament in their first history a few years ago. So let's, let's make sure that's clear. I mean, yeah, 56
0: Ken Palm. Let's not, the question I
1: have is I kind of typed out here and, is missing the tournament with Romeo Langford at Indiana with the talent they have with Jawan Morgan as bad as Johnny Jones missing the tournament with Ben Simmons? Because I'm not sure if it's quite to that level. But I don't think like, it's
0: quite that level because of the SEC versus the Big Ten. I think the Big yeah. Ten is deeper. Uh, I, they might not be this year, but... Um, I think uh, the average Big Ten year is deeper than the average SEC year. And I don't recall that SEC year being very deep. So I wouldn't say that it's it's I wouldn't say it's as bad. But yeah, it's and you just you just watch Indiana and you watch Romeo Langford and you just like no one knows what they're doing on this. team. Those those dudes do not look like they're having. Fun they don't look like they're having fun. I mean, I get it that, you know, this is all new, but geez and and, hey i mean as mark ennis said you know Romeo langford should have answered that text message (laughs) yeah no
1: no doubt i think it's interesting like you know for louisville fans to kind of have this discussion because i think chris mack comparing him to a guy like archie and you know other guys that you could even look at a guy like, like Rick Barnes, other guys that were hired in that kind of that same time frame is going to be like people you can compare them to, and just it's (laughs) worth mentioning. And I've done a lot of research to kind of find a definitive answer for this, and you're never going to find a you know real and true answer. But Indiana athletic director Fred Glass could have interviewed Chris Mack. Absolutely, Chris Mack would have listened. Fred Glass didn't do that he kind of zoned in on Archie Miller and you know wanted to hire him and I think it's worth saying that also Vince Tower could have interviewed Chaka Smart and I don't know man I it's just it it you should take time to appreciate the little decisions that happen, and to have a guy that zoned in on the guy and the right guy, didn't think twice about it, and you know just made the right decision because you could be, Louisville could. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that
0: Louisville could very well be Indiana basketball. Right no, no question, no and question. It, it's sliding doors, man. It's sliding doors. We we get we take these things for granted because,
1: you know, Lobos had, what, two coaches in 40 years, and it's <laughs> largely been pretty much success minus over the last few years, and we seem to be trending back towards to where we're used to being. But, I mean, it <laughs> you've got to remind yourself to, you know, just look across the bridge and look at a program who's steeped in history, and it just looks like this time time next year you hate to say it but this time next year it could be looking for a coach again I mean you know Archie could figure it out it remains to be seen but it's it certainly trending a bad
0: direction I don't remember what the Bozich I think tweeted it out but it's the deal I don't I don't think they do it because the deal is so rough
1: oh yeah no it's it's 2020 they've unless they once he gets to 2020 his his bowed is basically it cut in half. But okay. until then, until then they own him everything on his contract. So, wow. I mean, that's, that's a Tom Jurich type of contract right there. So,
0: yeah. And, and I like, even think like IU fans are so hyped going into the season and they almost had Darius Garland and, like the, yep. it, would, it would have been so much worse if they would have had Garland because he would have had that terrible injury and then they'd be in this situation and they would just be so down in the, the, the dumps. I do want to be clear, you know, just like in IU's schedule, you know, they did hit a really rough patch starting with at Michigan then they played at Maryland at home. I mean, Nebraska appears to just be better than what we thought they were. They're 14th in Ken Palm playing at Purdue is always going to be tough for Indiana. And it, but just this Northwestern one, they just look lost and okay. now they they they're not beating i mean they're not going to beat michigan on, on friday they're they're playing uh, michigan at home on friday
1: what's the record now is it
0: you, you mean i over, their overall record it's 12 and 7 right? it's 12 and 7 correct okay. yeah and 3 and 5 in the big 10 so um i mean they get There's, to play rutgers they get to play rutgers a week from today so that will that? set things um only projected to win by 3 points right now um <laughs> so Yeah, man. They don't
1: really have a roadmap to make the tournament is what you're saying, though. I mean, they have have two two games against Rutgers. They They have Illinois. They have Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to win a couple that they shouldn't. And to just say that about this team, if if you would have told me that a month ago, I would have laughed in your face. And that's just a testament to... You know, the direction that this just look at when those teams played each other and the direction Louisville has went since then, Louisville in the direction that Indiana has went since then.
0: It's amazing. They're projected to go 18 and 13. Overall and nine and 11 in the big 10. <laughs> don't know if that gets you in when I don't, you, but... I don't think that gets you in given how strong the AC, I don't know With the pac 12 being. So garbage, maybe, maybe it does this season. Um, yeah. But I don't know with a deep big 12, with a deeper sec, with a deep ACC, I think you've got to be the top, a top six team top six, seven team in the big 10 to get in. And that's, that's, they'll be right on that line. They'll be right now. They're projected what uh, five, six, seven. Eight. They're projected to be ninth in the, in the big 10 by Ken. Yeah. So uh, that's perky right there. So we'll that's, see. It's going to take some, it's going to take some wins that they don't have, but you're right, man. It's, I don't know. I never, I, I get why they went after Archie. He kind of fits their kind of mold. I don't I don't know. I think they could
1: have like, got they could have got Steve Offord, though. I mean, oh gosh. Been.
0: <laughs> I know. Right. Like, even like you think about that, you think about that. <laughs> yeah. And it could be so much worse for them, but it could have been so much better if they interview Chris Mack. It's just <laughs> freaking <laughs> hilarious.
1: Think it's about just... Romeo Langford being there with Steve Offord and still refusing to text back Chris Mack. <laughs>
0: I'm just thinking about Romeo Langford being the two and Louisville winning the national championship right now <laughs> That's <Yeah. what> <laughs>
1: or you know Anthony Simons or Brian Bowen on that same you know you oh. can go on too yeah we it could oh, have man. been an absolutely loaded squad <laughs>
0: oh man Okay, but I think that's all the the basketball we can talk about. And we wanted to get to the topic du jour here in Louisville right now, and that's spring football, the most <laughs> important thing in the history of college football. I don't even know why we play fall games because spring football is so important. Um, and the news that you probably heard, if you're listening to this podcast, there won't be a traditional spring football game. Um, Scott Satterfield announced a schedule things are still in flux. I don't know. I don't have this written down. I I kind of, I kind of got the vibe that originally Satterfield didn't really want to do a spring game. And now he's kind of telling people, Oh, there's going to be an event that's about spring football, but it's not a spring game, but it's not, not a spring game. Uh, sorry to, sorry to confuse you. And uh, it kind of rubbed me a weird way. I was like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I think our general consensus, Chris, I, I don't think you're going to disagree with me on this spring games are really dumb. I, I, I do not give a shit if Louisville football wants to
1: have a spring game or not. I really don't. I love the
0: party. I love the going and just like getting out there and being like, "Oh yeah, man!" In like three, four months, we're going to be hanging out at the spring game, or we're going to be hanging out at fall football games. It's going to feel great. I get that. I like that. I like when they do dollar beers. That's good time. Um, But. Do you have a question? Do you think that that Satterfield, when he
1: announced something like this, that he expected that there would be any type of reaction? No, I think. You think he was just like, holy shit. I don't think
0: he expected. I I, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. Here's my tinfoil hat. I think he fully expected to invite people to a few practices, and that sufficed. I don't think he expected the reaction. I don't know what they. He said this is what they would always do at App State. And so that gets me kind of thinking that they didn't really have. Have a big spring game type thing, right. and I think he saw the group of people on Twitter who are very vocal. And you know, I listen, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock you for your spirit. I like I said, I like the party of the spring game, but let's not pretend like it's anything other than a very boring scrimmage. The game itself, right? Like, yeah, this is not I mean beyond that,
1: you teach Shawan Pass Malik Cunningham how to you know convert on third and ten this year, and you can do whatever the hell you want. I, like I. <laughs> said <laughs> I don't care I think we can have discussions about how it's been kind of weird that two local football coaches kind of had a cup of coffee and left um <laughs> it, it does go on everywhere but that's been a little bit of weird but I mean this is you know it's whatever um I, I it's hard for me to have much of an opinion on it because I've never really been a guy that's that's cared for much for the the spring football games um I'm glad we're on the same page. (laughs) Yeah, I do have kind of like came to this conclusion in my head. We were going to talk about the Tate Martell stuff, you know, like last week. And it's not really not really that much of a story anymore. So we won't go into it. But I have kind of decided that I think Link Cunningham can be successful next year. Um, (laughs) It's it's kind of weird to say like success is kind of a very loose term. But I just I think that. Malik Cunningham does something that is game changing when you look at him versus Puma Pass. We don't have to get too in depth of this, but but him versus like Puma Pass, he has electrifying speed, and that's something that separates him. And Satterfield has been able to take these guys that have been, you know, under recruited and get them to overperform. So why wouldn't we think that a guy who has electrifying speed and does something that kind of sets him apart wouldn't be able to have success and a guy that's been able to get the most out of you know people that have he's been able to pretty much get people to overachieve consistently
0: i don't know and i think i think that's a good that's a really good question especially as we're having <laughs> We're having some problems with finding a quarterback, you know, when when there's a really big article out there trying to sell me on Evan Conley. I'm just not going to and buy comparing it, me, comparing this dude to to to. Uh, um, Who is it comparing him to the this Cleveland Browns quarterback? I can't believe I'm losing it right now. Baker Mayfield is comparing this freshman who's a three star quarterback to Baker Mayfield. Like, all right, dude, like, that's cool. That's fine. But that doesn't mean you're going to come in here and you're going to be Baker senior year Baker Mayfield. Like, I'm just I'm not believing that my guy. Like, (laughs) Like, let me see that. We'll see where we get to it. And I don't know. I mean. Uh, I do think that the quarterback thing, you know, we had a little conversation about Tate Martell, you know, off, you know, not on, not a pod. I do think the quarterback thing is a little overblown, especially because there's literally going to be 10 more decent quarterbacks that are going to come a lot and open after spring ball. I mean, even just now, you know, uh, just today, this Josh Jackson kid who his freshman year at Virginia Tech was like the next great Virginia Tech quarterback. And then he has a few bad injuries and now now he's leaving. Um, so like, even like these things come up all the time. And yeah.
1: I mean, my, my thing more about Tate Martell than anything else was that it Wool's going to have to get a guy that is a recruit that makes people turn heads. I, for, <laughs> I for, the, no, for the last few, you know, last few coaches that just happened to be, you know, quarterbacks. It was Teddy Bridgewater for Charlie strong. It started that whole Northwestern pipeline got, guys like Mike Lee Harris and a lot of guys from that school to come here. Then it was Lamar Jackson for Bobby to a mm. certain extent. And, you know, I mean, Lobel has a uh, Saul here just a few hours ago. There's a four star running back coming to visit. So, I mean, yes. it doesn't have to be a quarterback I, and I just, you know, that's kind of why it was a bigger deal to me is because that was no, I, an and, opportunity and I, to be that, be that situation where you make that, that
0: splash. No, I think that's fair. I just I, I think that some of these five star guys, your Tate Martels, your Justin Fields, uh, your Jalen Hurts, these guys are just coming into these situations almost like LeBron James, like right. you know, like court me. I'm taking my talents to <laughs> to Norman. You know, I'm taking my talents. I mean, the Tate Martel Miami thing. You know, Manny Diaz took my man to to the steakhouse, a very good steakhouse, a very famous steakhouse in Miami, and then takes him to Club Live and brings out the bottle service with the the Miami turnover chain around it. Like, like you're not saying no to that, Chris.
1: (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm blinded because I want to take Martell so bad because the dude's so swaggy. I don't He's know if you watch if you watch QB one. But... QB
0: one, he was good. He was kind oh of a jerk. Oh my gosh!
1: He did. I'll be honest with you. He did have the little you know the kind of Patrick Tolls vibe to him that reminded <laughs> me a lot of a lot of him, but. The dude's just, like, talking shit to everyone on the field. And I don't know. You hate that guy if you're playing against him, but if he's on but your you team, you just having, of You love and having him. And I don't know, man. I, I kind of... I, I do love the, the take from a few people that... It wasn't a cultural fit because you've got local football, fo- local football coaches washing the windows and you've got, Tate Martell, who's just talking shit to other people. And then, you know, those two just don't go together. Um, so that, that did kind of make me laugh. But, yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's going to be the story throughout the season, the verdict is not really going to be kind of even analyzed until you know next season this year's about making pro- progress it's about in my mind beating western kentucky beating eastern kentucky and you know giving a lot of opportunity giving yourself a chance to beat kentucky um and i, I think that, that's pretty much the story
0: cut and dry <laughs> Yeah, no question, and I think, you know, to get back to what you're talking about, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised to see Molly Cunningham. I definitely think Molly Cunningham is more, in an opportunity to be, um, to be the starting quarterback than Jawan passes. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I I kind of
1: I I've seen enough
0: of Jawan pass. I've seen if enough it, of Jawan if, if pass. It's gonna, if it's going to say. if it's
1: going to come down to those two guys. You're going to have a hard time selling me on Malik Cunningham, but you're not going to sell me on Jawan Pass. So (laughs) I think that's pretty much the difference.
0: No, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Uh, Any other football things you wanted to talk about before we moved on to our final item?
1: I do love Gutter Brewer pulling out the, the Louisville hat. Dude, Oh, man. That's, my, this that's guy. my guy. That's my guy right there. Gunnar
0: Brewer. This if you haven't seen this picture of Gunnar Brewer, just quite an interesting dude. His um, his profile picture. He's the new wide receivers coach. And my man, someone told me that he like actually has like an insane history. Um, but my man in his, you know, in his. In his uh, profile just, picture, it just, just comes right
1: out and just introduce himself to the world. Just just, just
0: twitter.com slash Gunter Brewer. Just look it up. And uh, G.U.N.T.R. Brewer, uh, th- a legend. But this. But let me read You know, something about Gunter Brewer, because I saw some people making fun of Gunter Brewer. But let me tell you some of the people who he's coached in his history. Um, one Des Bryant. While he was the wide receiver coach in Oklahoma State, um, some other guys uh, at UNC, Matt Collins, Ryan Switzer, Bug Howard, who are all ACC guys. And then most importantly, a one Randall Moss of Marshall University. So the man has the enough pedigree good enough for me. So look at the picture of Gunner Brewer of this man wearing a fitted a new era flat bill Louisville hat with the old English L um, and the very large Fitbit on his arm <laughs> and and laugh. You can laugh. But remember, this gentleman was integral in harnessing the power of Randy Moss Um and Marshall University. <laughs> no, man, it,
1: it's a pretty, you know, bold choice to wear a new era cap in the Fitbit. So I do applaud him for that.
0: We we got to applaud our guy, Gunter Brewer, just a legend. We look forward to having him here in the Ville. Uh, I think that's about all we can say no,
1: I think, you know, I think it's just a basic take to have, though, on a serious note, is that if Louisville can nab a guy from the NFL to go coach some wide receivers that really couldn't catch the ball that much very well last year, <laughs> then they should be better at catching the
0: ball. So I think you that's would hope exciting. So. <laughs> that would make sense. Wide okay. receiver was a, a point of emphasis. And, you know, it like you mentioned, Chris, it does seem like the recruiting is going better. I'm um, hearing a lot about coaches being all around Kentucky and Louisville there's a few guys down in Florida right now and and they're getting you know they've got a four-star running back as you mentioned coming in this weekend it's you know we're not gonna we're not big nitty-gritty recruiting guys we just we're
1: we're just waiting I think we're just waiting I think we just want
0: to see we want to see a splash and we'll hopefully get it and we'll go from there that's for sure and I think uh that about does it for spring football, but we did want to talk about one more thing football wise uh, before we get out of here, and that's the demolition of Cardinal Stadium, which is happening starting tomorrow. I think there's actually a press conference uh i've I've had a few people mention there. Really. Yeah, I had some few people mentioned that they were interested in buying chairs and things from there. It seems like they're going to do some kind of announcement on that. Uh, that's just what I saw on the grapevine. Yeah, um, from from someone who's who who would know. Um, so, if you're interested in that, that's that's potentially down the line. But yeah, man, Cardinal Stadium, really historic. I wasn't really a huge U of L fan when they were using it, and kind of jumped in when um, the football team moved to you know uh, the oven pg you know the new cardinal stadium um you you mentioned you saw you saw an interesting uh or you, you there's something of interest when you're going through the history of it no Congress.
1: just like, like the coolest thing for me there's a few things is that it, just like hearing the stories like in my family of mobile football pretty much being largely garbage oh yeah um, for a long time, and then basically just like lighting fires in the stands and the seats to keep warm, but you know, still going to games to watch a bad football team because the tickets were cheap and it, you know, it was something to do, which is cool. the tickets were free. I heard, <laughs> yeah, they were. I've heard they were free. I've heard so many different stories. They were free. They were given out with McDonald's Happy Meals. Um, a lot of different things. So I'm sure you could have got them in a lot of different ways because it, it was just kind of like that. But you know, I mean, Brett Farr played there, which is just a cool thing to say. Um, Southern Miss came in and you know kind
0: of whooped Wobble and then there was obviously the Hail Mary pass that happened, um, and they kind of beat Lowell that way, yeah. too. Um, Forty, Forty mentioned that that was, like, a game. Pat Forty on on Twitter mentioned that he was hanging out with Shelly that whole day. It was, like, his reporting when he was working for the Courier, and then the yeah. second that that pass went down, Shelly's like, all right, this is over. <laughs> Just leave me yeah, alone. <laughs> no, it,
1: it, yeah, and it's cool, man. Like, it, it's cool to have, like, that people kind of have those memories tied into that program, and when I compare, like, Cardinal Stadium to Freedom Hall. A lot of my more memories, my fonder memories are going to be in Freedom Hall just because of, you know, the whole basketball, football situation. Also, Freedom Hall was there a lot longer. It was in use a lot longer than than the Nose Cardinal Stadium. So I, I think when that one that and they decide to do whatever they want to do with Freedom Hall and that building goes down. That would be I, a, I will probably will shed, a a, shed a tear that day and probably for pour a forty out. And I would imagine there's a few guys, you know, a little <laughs> bit older than us that are kind of feeling that way. So yeah. Um I would love to have a little piece of the Astro turf because it's bright green and it's beautiful. Um and, and it would be a nice little little thing to hold on to. But yeah, it's 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 always it's always going to be, it's very hokey Louisville fan to say, but it is always worth, you know, driving by Cardinal Stadium one last time and looking at it and looking at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium and realizing that no how bad last season was still how far this, this program
0: has came. Um, yeah, man. It's only and, been 20. It's only been 21 years since yeah. people were playing in that place, you know, yeah. since Louisville football was there. And that's that sounds like a long time, but it's not really. Yeah. And especially now having, when you're talking about college, college sports and college football that's been around for one hundred and ten years. And now um, I
1: takes about a, you know, five star quarterback not visiting. So <laughs> it's 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 crazy um that's like i said it's always been a thing that little football fans have just loved to do look where we're at look where we're at and you know sometimes it's, it's an escape goat, but yeah look where you're at it, it's yeah.
0: worth it no question no question and it's um it's it's fun. It's definitely fun to think about. And, you know, I, I didn't see any little football games there, but, you know, it's awesome. There's some concerts. I know the, the fair always had things there. So there's a ton of things. And also that historic that, you know, everyone who's ever been to this game that I've met is will always talk about that huge um, Michael Bush versus Brian Brom state championship oh, yeah. game was there i forgot which, that was there actually yeah it was it was there i think that was one of the last ones they had there and um that's, Great just, that's football game ever dude <laughs> literally literally the greatest sizable game ever just insanity one i wish i would have been been there for for sure yeah so that's that's about all we've got so stay tuned for the cardinal stadium stuff uh any any last words chris before we get out of here
1: no, I think we're definitely gonna probably do another recording at some point this week and give you guys there's a lo- there's a lot of stuff in the news and trust me we're aware of it. Uh, yeah, the, there's the, all there's the um, tough half stuff. Um, we're definitely it's gonna definitely be something we address. We yeah,
0: can't. that's something we wanted to we t- we talked about talking about it today, but we felt like it kind of deserved its own kind of thing. And um, I know it's been almost a week now, but seems like there's going to be one more twist in the story um based on kind of who who uh at the at the top levels of our government decides to take these kids in and under their wing because i feel like there's going to be some more on that front
1: beautiful way to put it in 2019 there's
0: going to be
1: going to take the kids under their wings
0: it seems like there's going to be more on that front and um there's a lot going on in our government but we kind of wanted to wait until that that bow is nice and tidy and I feel like it's not quite nice and tidy yet before we talk about it. And for all intents and purposes, we definitely want to talk about it sort of in a, a Louisville and Kentucky sort of way and not necessarily about the red versus blue. That's not basketball sort of way.
1: We we want to give it the attention it
0: deserves. We want to give it the attention it deserves. Trust me, person who texted me is, I like, can't wait to hear you talk about this. Uh, we will talk about it. <laughs> that is that is for sure. Cuff, calf, I've got some takes. I'm still mad about that one time. Y'all beat us in soccer. Uh, <laughs> JK. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> with that, we are we are going to say goodbye and uh, we'll certainly have some takes and, and some things to come. As always, follow the Instagram account at what high school i know we've been posting some stuff up there chris is just posting incredible content up there sometimes just making me laugh He's like oh, i'm just gonna post this thing up there and we'll have more things to come i'm sure um but yeah thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next time